This time on Kawhi Fi Radio, Kenny gets censored. I'm purist when it comes to literature, sue me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle's taste in anime is questioned. You shouldn't take Kyle's word on this. He has a... Trash taste. He has terrible taste in romance (laughs) animes, in fact. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Rent a girlfriend? Look. (laughs) Domestic (laughs) girlfriend. (laughs) And we look at the live action Cowboy Bebop. The moment I saw him pick up the glass, I knew it was getting broken. Yes. Like, because you've already established how bad his character is. You know everything he's going to say from the writing. Yeah. It's over 9,000! Nani? Configure the language logic interface for Japanese. Kawaii-fi. Kawaii-fi. Kawaii-fi Radio. Konnichiwa and welcome. You're listening to Kawaii-fi Radio, the podcast we dive into the world of anime and manga every fortnight, except the last fortnight because we had so many freaking events on and then I got sick and then... Uh, the recording that we did in between didn't yeah. work either. The universe kind of conspired against us. Yes, it did. I'm Kyle. Joining me are my co-hosts, Kenny and Aaron. How you doing? Hey, Good. <laughs> I, I'm surprised there's a world outside of Sinnoh right now. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I, wow. And, yeah, and then we had Pokemon come out. Oh, and then yeah. Cowboy Bebop. So, like, just like it's 1998... Sitting on the couch, playing Carl Pokemon. Flicks net boy. Uh, that, yeah. A simpler era. Um, but um, because of that, we're going to quickly fill you in on the recent My Hero Academia film. And the short rub of it is, it's all right, but it's not worth watching. Three out of ten macadamias. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's something to it, watch between you're not, stuff. You're not missing anything. Definitely wait for it to come out digitally. Like, like if you have the option to see it in cinema still... Go watch it digitally. Like, yeah. wait for it to be it's, digital. It's not worth it. Um, like, not not to be rude. Like, it it doesn't add anything to the story. And to be honest, it could have been covered as like two or three OVAs. It kind of drags. Like, it really, a lot. Drags. it really drags. And yeah, I think we were talking about how the sense of time and place in it oh, are so makes no sense. Warped. And let, let's be honest. Like, the, the villain was at least somewhat memorable because of his ability, but it, the fight and the way they dealt with it was terrible. Yes, Yeah, 100%. it uh, followed sort of like the, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone here has watched uh, Dragon Ball Abridged. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in, what was it, uh, The Return of Cooler, the cooling. Uh, like Cooling Boogaloo. <laughs> punching him doesn't seem to work. I know, the plan is, we must punch him harder. And that was hey, literally that the solution. That was the solution. Yeah. Just Which... punch it till it's... It's a punch it till it's dead. Well, <laughs> like that, that puts so much shame on Deku's character. It does. Because from episode one, we saw him as a calculated, very understanding person who takes down notes of everything. Mm. Yeah, he records all these different uh, like quirks and like knows how to use them tactically. It's what makes him a leader. Like, it was, he he would have evolved his fighting to... style in that fight. He wouldn't have just like he's like right. I think I understand, and then just continues doing the same thing. Like it's a very Goku type of mentality. Like and I will just keep doing it. Yeah, we don't watch my hero to get Dragon Ball. No, because Midori is such a different I mean, character. Don't, from don't Goku. be wrong. We love Dragon Ball, but like that's not what it's there for. No, mm. like no, do, no, no, you, no. you've done something different. Stick with that different. And like all the insert fights for all uh, like for Bakugo and Todoroki, you just couldn't uh, wait for them to be over because uh, there was no stakes. They dragged along, and you weren't exactly introduced to these villains they were fighting mm. you were introduced to one of the side villains kind of and then they just they sort don't of... fight them they just disappear from the scene they're yeah, gone that, they're done that side villain just Sudoku. sort of vanishes Sudoku. they do <laughs> I was avoiding saying what happened to them but they just they commit Sudoku yes I put the numbers in a grid kind of yes um, you mean seppuku 
Yeah, Sudoku. <laughs> God. Um, they, they don't actually, but um, they, they basically take themselves out of the equation. So it was like, well, why did you spend like the last two hours building them up? Did you like, even have a name? And they were such great concepts yeah. of characters. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, actually, I'm pretty sure that character was stolen from further in the future of the manga, if you remember. <laughs> similar. Very, Very similar. similar. Very similar. Not the same person. Um, but anyway, look, that, that's kind of our, our brief on it. So the third My Hero Academia film, much like the second, it's... Visually, it's it's really nice, but you'd expect that for you know a big budget film. But if that's you all love you're the getting. series, this is going to be a great waste of time. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite thing was spotting the Easter eggs. Yeah, mm. which is the Bones logo on everything. So yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, let's move on because this episode it's time to talk about that live action Cowboy Bebop. Now we have been discussing this heavily in the Kawaii Fight chat. And we have a very wide range of opinions to share with this episode, which we'll get into in a moment. So if you are enjoying what you've heard so far, hit that subscribe button and join the Kawaii Fi community. We are also releasing monthly anime videos on the YouTube channel as well. The next one will be a full breakdown of the Cowboy Bebop live action, its charms and its fall downs. All, fall of, downs? all of the fall downs, yes. If, what's a better... Uh, drawbacks. Drawbacks, drawbacks yeah. yeah. It's pros and it's cons. It's pros and it's cons. Colossal failures, yes. Yes, there are some of those. Bloody, so, there's also a lot of good things the, about it. But we'll, yes, we will get into this too. in a moment. So if you are one of our many podcast listeners, head over to the YouTube channel. It would be greatly appreciated if you could subscribe as well. And if you do want to support the channel, we also have a Patreon with additional content such as outtakes and uh, random chat should, beforehand. Listeners should argue about this in the comments too. Yeah, have it out in the comments. Con- Why not? Controversy is great. Still plenty to talk about, but first... First, we need to talk about what's on the screens right now. I have no idea how old I am or where I came from. Daddy! Hey guys! I gotta go! I just... I have to know! Hooray! I did that thing! Oni-chan! Nani wo miru! What? We're watching! Water is delicious. <laughs> yes, Water are we um, watching? For our, for our friends who are in the uh, northern hemisphere, it's blimmin' hot down here. Um, we had 38 degrees yesterday. Yeah, Celsius, and, uh, for those uh, not in the Celsius areas. And but. Australia's weather is kind of unforgiving. I mean, over mm. in the States, they get like a whole season as a warning. Like all the trees change oh. colour to say, hey, guess what? It's going to get real cold soon. We've had maybe four days. Yeah, over yeah. here, it's just sort of like, you know, it's it's been nice and warm, cool. And then, hey, guess what? It's summer. You, you remember how there's the anime March comes in like a line. But in Australia, it's summer comes in like a line. It literally kicks down your front door and goes, I'm here and I've got radiator strapped to me. comes in like what? a train. It's Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, it's Godzilla yeah. versus Bambi. You sit there minding your business. <laughs> and Except it's Godzilla Look. in camouflage paint, so you don't see it coming. <laughs> I'm just imagining like... Godzilla dressed up as a hunter, like an American <laughs> hunter in camo, but he's still his full size, trying to hide with a teeny sniper rifle to shoot Bambi. Oh no, this is one this of those awful. classic animations that's like from back in the day. And it is literally Bambi minding his own business, eating, mm. and then just a foot drops. <laughs> oh no! I want to see that. It's very much like that English awful. comedy thing of just like the giant foot coming in and squishing oh, thing. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly like that, but it's Godzilla's foot. Alright, well look, um, let's uh, take a... Well actually, it's not too far from that topic. Let's talk about what you've been watching, Aaron. Oh, I've been watching Sakugan. Which has got monsters in it. Yes, it does. The Look like the red eyes black skull dragon from Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, yeah. Not blue eyes white dragon? No, strangely enough. The opposite. Yes. <laughs> yeah, quite, yeah. Not silver eyes green because, dragon? Because uh, they, they are black, they are bony, and I think they ha- Yeah, they, they do have red eyes. Mm. So it, it's the perfect... They're tired. Yeah. <laughs> They're tired. <laughs> it just hasn't slept yes, much. tired. <laughs> Definitely no. not 
He hasn't definitely, he definitely hasn't been pepper sprayed. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, hasn't eyes. been doing anything uh, recreationally. Yes. No, definitely not. So tell us about Sakugan. Okay, so Sakugan is sort of this weird decadence Grand Lagan sort of mishmash thing. Mm. It's That's about- a terrifying idea for a mishmash. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> so it's about this father and daughter duo. And um, they've got their own mech called Big Tony. Does it have a drill? Yes. Oh my god. Yes. It has a drill. The best mechs do. And so they they make initially they made their money from drilling and digging holes mm. and that sort of thing. Um, but they decided to go out and become what is known as markers, which is when they go out and explore the outside of their cavern and their colony, which is still underground. Okay, so once again that Gurren Lagan idea of yeah. being underground colony, but with access to the surface. Well, there's no surface action whatsoever, but you see a lot of landmarks from our world underneath the ground. Oh. For example, they go to one colony called Jolly Jolly, I believe it is, hmm. and they've got canals, and they've got the Colosseum, <laughs> and they've got pizza. <laughs> okay, I kind of like I kind of dig it. I'm, I kind of want to know what the hell's happened. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. well, they, they talk about an ancient world which I assume is, you know, the same world before it all went underground. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to know sort of what the cause was to shift everything. Mm. Uh, we're only up to episode eight and Crunchyroll's being real weird with me about episode yeah. eight. Um, but it's so far really interesting to watch. And the main girl, Memempu, her name is spelled Meme M. Poo. <laughs> she looks like she's got a very Tanya the evil vibe to her. Yeah, yeah. She's very smart, very clever, but she's still very childish. Yeah. Uh, she's teamed up with her dad, whose name is Gagumba, which is very similar to Cucumber. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I got these little things in my head to learn their names. Um, he's very. He's not smart, but yeah. he's got street smarts kind of thing. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. And like, he's got this sort of background as a marker, but he doesn't talk about it with anyone. And hmm. so their goal is they're trying to find this one part of the caverns that Memempu has seen in her dreams hmm. with this rocket and like a starry sky. Oh, wow. And so they're basically trying to get there and they've been given a crystal with a map in it from Udop. Udop? Udop? I believe her name is. Udop. I always think of Europe whenever I see it. <laughs> oh, they're not even listed in the main character listing. <laughs> no, no, because they, they haven't made an appearance yet. Ah. They're like a myth. A legend. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, um, it looks like Sakugan is produced by Satellite, um, Adventure Sci-Fi PG. There's only going to be 12 episodes, but um, it appears to be from a novel, not a light novel, a novel. Oh, that's interesting. Um, which is interesting. So I'd, I'd be very interested to find out how this ends up going out. But The mm-hmm. intro is really catchy. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, I, I've seen that. The outro's got such beautiful aesthetics to it. Like, it's so different from everything, but it's... Very nice way to end the episode. <laughs> Sakugan's synonym is sax and guns, two exclamation marks. Sax and guns. <laughs> like, sax of loot and guns to get out. I mean, it makes sense, because while they're like going from colony to colony, they are harvesting crystals and other yeah. things to sort of sell and then make money to keep alive. Yeah, that makes sense. Sounds like it's worth a watch. I mean, it's. I'm going to add it to my must-catch-up-on-everything list. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got to do a fair bit of that lately, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I'm going to quickly uh, dip over to Netflix and just uh, briefly mention that Comey Can't Communicate is doing an exceptional job of adapting the manga. It what, is stuck. What's Comey Can't Communicate? I've never heard of it before. Yeah, it's about this girl called Comey. And, <laughs> and she can't communicate. Yeah. And everyone's oh. names are puns, and her name is a pun on not being able we've to communicate. We've never talked about it on this show. We not definitely once, do not never. have a video on the channel with me explaining the analogy no the, definitely and not. What, what? what was it it starts with like e 
my Ooh. words are really good. Um, the entomology of the words um, ah, and the names. Bugs. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> no. Ants. Ants. Tree people. Um, <laughs> but um, look, if you are looking for a romance anime season, this is the one. Like it's straight up. This is the one. Um, I now, mean, we shouldn't. You shouldn't take Kyle's word on this. He has a uh, trash taste. He has terrible taste in romance <laughs> animes. In fact, no, I don't. Yes, you do. No, Rent a girlfriend. Look, domestic girlfriend. No, 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 no. You've got a reputation, buddy. I've got a reputation, but it's more that I watch all the romance anime and then I dunk on it if it's bad afterwards because I always. But you also stick with them. You watch the terrible tracks all the way through. So, well, remember I watched what was the really awful CG one last year? Gibiate. Gibiate. I watched that all the way through. I subjected myself that for your listeners, for our listeners' pleasure. Um, so you, you, thank you very, very much. Very sick folks. and twisted pleasure. Um, <laughs> but you know, we have to have watched. One of us has to have watched everything uh, between all of us, pretty much, so yeah. that mm-hmm. we can, you know, be an authority on it. And that's Give why we have life. a team of people because I do not have the time, and neither does anyone else on the team to do it full time. But so yeah, uh, I mean, I kind of do. But so yeah, yeah. Kyle's <laughs> taste in uh, romance animes is questionable. So everyone listening to this must watch it for themselves and make their own judgments. Except Most, that it's really good. Yes. Well, like, there's a reason this is the top-rated anime on any trends and everywhere else this year. But everyone else's ratings, everyone's, must be terribly bad, and so you sh- must watch it for yourselves. So you're just saying you should watch it? Yes. That's, <laughs> is that what you're getting at? I'm okay. terrible at this. Cool. On the note of dumb, <laughs> I haven't been on tell me about before. that uh, uh, anime, Kenny, that you've been watching, which is about um, an assassin. Yeah, I keep forgetting the title of it, but it's about this sort of like the world's greatest assassin is reincarnated as a noble. Oh. As an aristocrat, I mean. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that sounds almost like this series called World's Finest Assassin is Reincarnated as an Aristocrat. No, no, that's a different one. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool, yeah. very different <laughs> But it's airing this season. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> it is an isekai. It's, uh, it is called the World's Finest Assassin is Reincarnated as an Aristocrat. And um, <laughs> How I many should... times are we going to say that? Are we going to get a little counter so, going? Maybe, <laughs> maybe two more. <laughs> say what? Uh, the World's Finest Assassin is Reincarnated as an Aristocrat. Bing! <laughs> so, um, Why do I not have my ding noise ready? Here's the thing. This is like <laughs> this is like a standard isekai. Mm. As run of the mill as it gets, it is tropey as all hell. Yeah, it is. I should hate it. I do not hate it, <laughs> which I'm very grateful for because it's, I was I told you to watch it. It's strange. Like it's a white head, overpowered super genius who is reincarnated into this world, and he's entire squad is all young pretty girls it's every trope ever yeah. but there's actually kind of something smart about how he goes about executing his plans and stuff mm-hmm. there is intelligence behind what he's doing it's just it's fan service schlock but i can't give it hell for see, it see this is the thing me and emma started watching it as well and exactly the same thing it's like i shouldn't like this it shouldn't work but I'm kind of okay with it. That. Just it just appeals to you. It's it does. Like one of two yeah. animes that I really like this season, which they're both isekais. Uh, yeah. Oh no! The other, the other. Actually, oh, no, no. This reminds me that they've both done something here. Uh, so both of these people have been reincarnated first as newborns, who then grow up as children. Mm. And uh, so they will demonstrate that they have adult levels of intelligence or understanding of certain things, like a higher level of wisdom. And their parents just sort of dismiss it by going, ah, I see you were born a genius. Is this just a thing that happens in all, Japan? All sages are isekai Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> That's Kenton, it, apparently. Like, no, no, but like, is this like a cultural thing that 
when your kid says something smart, you just go, ah, I see you were born a genius. When I have kids, I'm going to do that. <laughs> well, like, you, you wouldn't necessarily believe in reincarnation. You wouldn't believe that that's a thing. Mm. If you live in the modern world and somebody's just really smart, you're like, oh, wow, they're just really but smart. You wouldn't is assume it just like an idea that you can be born a genius? Is that a cultural thing or I don't know? I think it's just an isekai thing. That yeah, could, yeah. yeah. could be. Well, on the note of isekai, um, I've been watching Banished from the Heroes Party. I decided to live a slow life. As a pharmacist. So what's the title? Uh, Banished from the Heroes Party, I Decided to Live a Slow Life as a Pharmacist. Oh, okay. <laughs> so what's it about? It's about a hero who was banished from the Heroes Party and decides to live a slow life in a country town and sets up a pharmacy because he's very good with medicine. So he becomes a pharmacist. Oh. <laughs> now, isn't that um, like the one last season? What, no, the, very different. Funnily enough, what though. the one where the hero is booted from the party and enjoys a slow life as a pharmacist? I mean, basically. <laughs> um, I'll stop pressing the button. So, look. Um, similarly, I really put off watching this um, because I thought it was going to be an isekai. Watching what? Sorry. Um, Banished from the Hero's Party. I was slowing times. Wow. Um, now, I put off watching this because I thought, once again, it's going to be Isekai Schlock. It's going to be the same as the pharmacist one from last season, which I couldn't stand. Um, like, it, it's not to say it's bad. It's just not for me. That's yeah. Like, it's it's just not for me. I mean, I feel like you can see where it goes for, from the second the hero is banished from the party. Yeah, no, not in this case. So, um, Banished from the Hero's Party so like... is not an Isekai. It is a medieval world. The character, oh. while he is a little bit powerful, he isn't overpowered to a stupid extent, and he also doesn't have knowledge of another world that helps him along the way. So all of his ideas are internal and fit with the world of having someone naturally smart in that environment. My God, that is rare for a fantasy yes. anime. Now, the thing is, is that, once again, as we were saying about with um, Finest Assassin, you don't... <sighs> For some reason, some of these things, it gets a little fan service in episode two because there's a blonde girl who comes to join him called Rit and she's in all the OP and all that. And to be honest, I think it's more of a uh, fantasy romance than it is anything else because uh-huh. um, there is so much chemistry between them. And they do play up that fan service a little bit, but <laughs> I-, I tell you what, I-, I had to send a picture to the chat and go, just confirm for me that's a shadow over her chest and not something else that's been cut out in the editing. And it was indeed a shadow, thankfully. But it's it- episode three, um, basically she moves in um, and they set up the pharmacy together and they're very clearly interested in one another and slowly coming to you know a- a understanding, if you will. Um, it's really nice. Like the animation's really slick. Um, the whole idea behind it is that he was kicked out of the hero's party, but not by the hero. Oh, there's someone else in the hero's party. The hero is his sister, <laughs> so this, she wouldn't kick him out. But he, everyone's given a role in this world, and his role was not to be a hero. It was to be the guide to guide the hero on their first leg of their journey. Meaning, once they get off that first leg and start on the big battle against the demon lords. He's not as powerful and he's not as useful. Now, ah. the thing is, is that he served other purposes in the party. He was me- good with the medicines. He was good with, you know, prepping and good at being, you know... Organization. A- yeah. The guy who kicks him out clearly has something going on with him and he could even be like a henchman of the Demon Lord. It's unclear, but it's not obvious what he is. You know something's up with him, but you don't know what on earth it is. Subtlety. That's yeah, interesting. It's, it's been quite well done. And um, we've only watched four episodes so far, and there was a flashback scene with bathing in episode four, and I just turned to Emma and I went, uh, 
this is awkward. And she's like, yeah, but surprisingly, it's been done tastefully and you don't hate them for it. It's like, we decided to go take a bath, but we're not going to do all those low angle shots or, you know, things like that. They don't bother using God rays. They just purposely obscure those parts with natural the natural environment and the way they're standing and so on. So it does come across as a little bit gratuitous, but you don't hate them for it. It's not that immediate knee-jerk reaction like we had with uh, Maruko-chan, where it's just like, <laughs> why do you keep looting this girl when this is a horror? Like, I understand Gosh, comedy yes. horror, Like, and I, I read the manga, and the manga's the same. I was wrong. What? It, it's exactly the same. I don't remember there being that much fan service. There's a lot. Holy cow, is there a lot. Um, but once again, like it just, I think for us more than anything with Maruko-chan, it was too jarring. Um, and Emma, you know, is self-professed creepy girl like she loves her horror she's always you know watching horror films and watch stuff like that so for her in particular it was just straight up like no this doesn't feel right mm. and for me as you know i'm not a big fan of fan service so i just kind of was like not interested but for some reason the way banished from the heroes party have handled it it feels natural if that makes sense it also feels like the reason writ is in you know might have you know her top button undone a little bit too much is because she's trying to get the main character to pay attention to her. Like, you know, literally trying to use her feminine wiles to get him. It's unclear. Um, but, I mean, obviously with anything translation-wise, it could just be that the creators were perverts. Like, you don't know. But for some yes. reason, it, it feels all right. So, go figure. Um, but, yeah, Banished from the Heroes Party, pretty good Cool. so far. Hmm. Um, hopefully they don't ruin it. <laughs> up, I think. We can only hope. Yeah. So what have you been watching this fortnight? Let us know on this episode's post on social media or in the comment section over on YouTube. Have it out in there and uh, tell us what you've been watching and what we should watch uh, that you've been enjoying as well. But now we do need to get onto the main meal. And uh, ooh, it's, it's going to be dasi. It is going to be dasi. Radio. We don't talk about Dragon Ball Evolution. Or Last Airbender. Death Note. Live action. Yes, we don't use this thing very often because most live action is trash. It's <laughs> true. Yeah. It's so like, true. <laughs> well, sorry, most Western okay, live yeah, action is trash. And that's it's some, so true. <laughs> it's something we have to point about. So we have been, and me and Kenny in particular, have been at loggerheads on this, and for good reason, because Cowboy Bebop is a beloved franchise, especially with us. Mm -hmm. Like It's something that both me and Kenny and I have a grew lot up of, with. And a lot of commentators, a lot of people who have like blogs on animes and stuff, they will regard this as one of the best animes, like one of the big ones you got to watch. Mm -hmm. But going in, we have to admit that Cowboy Bebop, the original, isn't perfect. Nothing like, is. Nothing is, Absolutely. except for Brotherhood. Except for uh, Eurocamp. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, needs more chimeras. <laughs> no, no. Euro, all, all Eurocamp needs is it more episodes. Worked. Then it would be perfect. Um, but I mean, there's the game. There is the game. That's true. If you want to go on a VR journey and go camping with the girls of Laidback Camp, you can do that. I remember there was also a PS2 game for uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Oh man, there were several. Yeah. Neon Genesis had PS2 games. I think Neon Genesis gonna... had a Nintendo 64 game. Yes, it did. We need to cover like the anime video games. We I think we should do that as like a video a series. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. that'd be good fun. Um, but look, Netflix's Cowboy Bebop is attempting to, I guess you could say, take that original anime format and bring it into a... Uh, 
A yes. serialized TV format would probably be the easiest thing. Now, original anime Cowboy I'd say Bebop... more closer to the binge format. Yeah, the binge format where you watch it back to back, which is serialized. So that the overarching story. The original one, there wasn't really anything really connecting the episodes together, a la sort of Star Trek. They were episodic. There was yeah. the story that was self-contained mm. with a few hints to other stuff that was going on. This one seems to be very, very different to that. Yeah. So straight up, like I think we should get this out of the way. So if you had to rate the live action Cowboy Bebop out of 10, what would you rate it? That's a, that's honestly a tough question. Yeah. I mean, I'd give it an eight. You'd give it an eight? I really that's, enjoyed it. Wow. Wow. Okay. Like See, genuinely, I enjoyed uh, it. I'm sitting more around the six. I am sitting closer to four. Yeah. Here's the thing. A lot of like you will look at our uh, Metacritic, Rotten Tomatoes for all its sins, oh. all stuff like every like uh, rating mm. sort of agency pretty much says that this is a straight 50%. Mm-hmm. And I think we kind of prove it by our sheer demographics. Like, yeah. Yeah. Some of us like it. Some of us hate it. Some of us are like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. See, I, I think because um, I was having a look online and you can straight away tell the people who just know of Cowboy Bebop and, you know, have watched maybe a couple of episodes as opposed to the fans who really enjoy the series. Mm. Because the fans, people who have written reviews for, like, traditional fans who really enjoy the series, for starters, they're not going to use the word cartoon in that article. Which, oh, who did that? Hollywood Reporter, oh. Vice, and oh. a few other big ones. Co- no, actually, Vice, Vice, I'm not surprised yeah, by. Yeah, that's... Oh, no so you surprise. mean Normie Media. Yeah, Normie Media didn't get it. Um, Normie Media tried to jump on the bandwagon of smacking it down, basically, <laughs> except that they didn't watch all of it. And they also didn't watch all of the original and missed critical parts because of it. Yeah, what was uh, Vice's article? Like, oh. Cowboy Bebop live action wasn't supposed to be good. It's like, yeah, it's like, I'm sorry, on what, what planet was it not supposed to be good? Everything's meant to be good. Yeah, like for the of, room. Uh, no, 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 even if you recall, the room was meant to be good. It's just that it wasn't. It was Tommy's vision. The live action Cowboy Bebop, it's, look, it's not by any means perfect. And I, I think the issue is, and this is, I think, where we should start the discussion, is the use of the word adaptation. Now, we talk about live-action adaptations a lot, and uh, I think the best example you gave, Kenny, was Lord of the Rings. When you think about that, it's a you tricky, go... Like, it's there a, is a category error there in which like, Lord mm, of the Rings is adapting from a, from book. a book. So, mm-hmm. of course, there is going to be changes. There are always changes in yeah. adaptation from one media to another. But when you So if you have a look at, say, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter... Um, I'm trying to think of The Expanse was a great adaptation from the book. Having mm. listened to the books, they've kept just the right amount in. Die Hard was a very good adaptation from the book. Well, actually, Die Hard's original book was actually awful. Yeah, and yeah. It, was the, <laughs> it was the fourth in a series. Yeah. Um, so, like, like, there's the, some trivia for you, listeners. Yeah, but here's the thing. like, If you're adapting from a book, I think fans are more forgiving. But if you're adapting from something that's already in a visual medium, whether that's from a video game or an anime or comic book. a comic book... Well, actually, no. Comic, comic comics book, are pretty flexible. Comics are pretty flexible. You have like you wouldn't be annoyed if they did went from the first Spider-Man to Amazing Spider-Man. The fact that they did a different story, of like, course, you, yeah. you wouldn't care. And I mean, okay, uh, here's like a classic example. Take Nick Fury. Yeah. In like yeah. your classic comics, he's like the you know gruff white guy, like yeah. aged, wrinkled sergeant who's just like you will stand at attention for me! Yeah. And then Samuel L. Jackson comes in and plays him because Samuel L. Jackson can do what he wants. Mm-hmm. And nobody batted an eye because it's, it's Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson. And he's a bamf. Yeah, he is. So, like, that, that for the comic books, I think comic there books also get more flexibility. Yeah, yeah. And if, if, if this was coming straight from a manga, 
and there was no anime adapted to uh, before it, I think I'd be more forgiving of their view. Mm. But because we already have an existing the visual media, visuals, we already have the anime, and we're preparing ourselves for a carbon copy. And see, that's, and that's the thing. a problem. That's the thing as well. They said that they didn't want to make a carbon copy, mm-hmm. and I think that's fair. Only then they carbon copied entire scenes from it. Yeah, hell, they went so far as to carbon copy the family scene from Ant Man for one scene from this. No. Yes. No, just because it's similar doesn't mean it's the same. It is so similar, down to the lighting and camera angles. Oh, I, I need can't, to... man. <laughs> but I mean, that's look, another story. But, but yeah, yeah, but I think this is where we need to kind of change the language around live action anime. So if Spider Man gets a second Spider Man film, right, with a different actor and different cast and different storyline, it's not, it's not an adaptation. No. It's a reboot or a remake. And that was what needs... The remake is the word that needs to be used for live-action adaptation. I don't know if you can even say remake for this. I'd go so so far as to say remix. Oh, it's the remix to Ignition? (laughs) No. No. But no, that is actually kind of what this is. It's a remix. It takes aspects of the old and mixes it with the new. Which is a reboot as well. Putting too many new phrases in will confuse people. That's yeah, the issue. That's if you true. say it's a remix, they're going to think of DJs. Or Kingdom Hearts. Don't. Do not. Do not <gasps> so, even go here's down. here's the story of Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> do not go down that rabbit hole. No. I live that field on purpose. <laughs> Literally putting a landmine in front of me. Um, but <laughs> like, Aaron has subjected Kyle to many hours of theory. <laughs> no, 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 not yet. That, not yet, but that's fine. Um, we just don't have time to cover it today. Um, but like, if you said to someone that this was a remix of Cowboy Bebop, what you would think is that they just took the scenes and rearranged them. Whereas, Which they kind of did, yes. They yeah. did, but they also completely changed character archetypes and storylines. They rewrote everyone's backstory. They did. And, well, yes and no. Spikes is pretty much the same. Yeah. Mm, it, there look, are definitely aspects. Yeah, the, the, there's different aspects of it because we weren't shown it in the original, but it's ni- 99% the same. Like, if you if you put, like, the timeline of what he did and what, what happened, it's pretty much the same thing. I feel like they did that Who's That Pokemon? So, like, you get the silhouette of it, mm-hmm. and then, like, it looks like a Bulbasaur, and then all of a sudden it's like a Diglett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, can... It's hard to say, but I, I think just just for argument's sake, right now, let's say, let's use the phrase reboot um, to keep it simple because yeah, you're enough. you're not it, remixing would be keeping it as an anime. True, like True. It, it's still in the same format, and the the issue we have is that people either a when they see an anime adaptation go from anime to film they're expecting either a a carbon copy which to my statement is why bother because mm-hmm. you can just watch the anime yeah which you probably or already have like they're looking times or they're looking for a complete reimagining which can work depending on the writing and that's yeah. and that is the issue with cowboy bebop mm, i'm struggling to think of anywhere that's really worked out uh japanese death note Japanese Death Note, like, that stayed true to a lot of the uh, manga and the anime, mm-hmm. but then changed a few details around. Yeah, but I, I think as well, like, um, live action... Um, Death Note. <laughs> like the... I was going to say, there's the, the Netflix Death Note, which is just awful. Um, yeah. And that didn't... Like, that that was taken... That is closer to a reboot, I'd that, say. No, that that's just not... That even shouldn't have the same name. Like, that's how far... It's on a different planet. <laughs> from like the original the same, Killing they, book it's <laughs> yeah. the same basic premise but they have yeah. 
fundamentally altered it. And like this, it has aspects of it that I like. Mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe as Ryuk was oh, fascinating. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Incredible voice. But uh, this is the thing, like, Cowboy Bebop is just so hallowed. They knew going in that if they didn't do it right, they'd get slapped down for it. And they have been slapped down for it. Mm-hmm. And it's not because of the main cast. It's because of the other cast. The supporting characters. The supporting characters. And in particular, we can firmly put this on the chin. The very <laughs> large, the very large tin of Alex Hassel as Vicious. Now, viscous, yes. Viscous. Now, no offence to Alex Hassel. I've seen him in some other stuff. He's fantastic. But he was hands down 100% the wrong casting choice. It's just, as an adaptation, as a reboot, you are forced to compare the two. Like, we will, we must discuss like yeah. accepting this as its own product versus an adaptation later on. But you are kind of forced to compare Vicious from the anime. To Vicious from this. Vicious in the anime. Mm. He is a shark. He's the shark from Jaws. He's, He's vicious. Missing. You don't see him. Yeah. But you know of him. You hear mm. the whispers. You know that he is this dangerous figure and, and, shrouded in shadow and memory. And when you see him, he doesn't have to say anything. He's just like the shark fin. You know he's there and you know he's a danger. Yeah, his sword is the bloody shark fin. You mm. just see this silver-haired, just angry, horrifying creature of mm. darkness that is just stalking towards you. you. This guy rules this criminal syndicate by just a angry stare. Mm-hmm. And then in the show, in the Netflix adaptation, he's in oh. every single episode. There is no mystique. There is no yeah. question as to like who he is or what his motives are. In the Netflix show, he is a spoiled brat. Yeah, hands down. That is literally his character, a he's spoiled a brat. Petulant tool. I he mean, is. you see it at the end of episode two when he he gets bad news and he crushes a glass in his hand. Yeah. Because he got bad news. And the thing is, with that scene, the moment I saw him pick up the glass, I knew it was getting broken. Yes. Like, because you've already established how bad his character is. I feel like you know everything he's going to say from the writing. Yeah. And, yeah, in episode two, it's revealed that he is not, in fact, the ruler of the syndicate. He's like... A middleman. He is yeah. a thug. So basically... He does the bidding of some other people. Apparently what Netflix wanted to do was to tell the story about how Vicious became in charge of the syndicate. Uh. And the problem is, we don't care. Yeah, it's... Um, <laughs> yeah, true. We don't. We don't. Everyone I here don't... has watched uh, The Godfather, yeah? Yeah. No. Oh. Well, we, well, to... we have to do that. Yeah. No. Oh, it's just great. No. No? No. Not, not your thing? It's too long. It kind of is. But, it is uh, very long. Here's the thing. He's the Godfather himself, you will get a touch of backstory in uh, the episode two of mm-hmm. the series of as to how he became the Godfather. But for most of Attack it... Attack of the Clones? You hear... No. <laughs> <laughs> Spoke you. Attack of the Godfather, damn it. Ah. In the first one, you see him. You see how he talks, how he negotiates. You don't need the backstory. You know how he got into his position mm-hmm. by being the smarter person in the room. Vicious. You don't need the backstory to how he became the leader of the syndicate. You know how he became it. Because he was evil John Wick. Yeah. Yeah. With a sword. Yeah. But his pencil live, is the size of a sword. In live action, hey. he's not that. He's just a common thug whose dad is on the head of the council. Oh, and yeah. uh, Julia is his wife. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they that threw are, me for a bit. They don't have any chemistry. They don't really... Love each other, but yeah, they're together now. Yeah. In the anime, Julia is... Dead. Dead, on the run, vanished, a ghost. Julia's like... 
and this is the other thing, like Julia's character's awful in this as well. She's not believable. No. That's the thing. It's like she's not even meant to have a character in the uh, anime. She mm. is an aspect she's of Spike's MacGuffin. past. She's a MacGuffin. She's a plot device that connects the characters together. I feel like even that sort of undersells it. It's more that she is a ghost of Spike's past which keeps him in the past. Mm. She is the regret that yeah. ties him down when he could self-improve, but this is his chain. This is the big weight mm -hmm. on his soul. And Netflix removes that entire subtext and changes it up. There is no yeah. subtle in the Netflix production. There isn't. Um, but you've also got to remember it's for an American audience, not a Japanese audience. Yeah, it needs well, to be... It's, I wouldn't explicit. even say American. It's meant to be a Western audience. But the, the issue is, is that the, they got the chemistry between the characters wrong from the get-go. And that, that includes the main cast, that includes the villains, that includes all of the side characters and villains that show up. Oh, to be fair, uh, the talk between like uh, Jet and Spike, you feel their sort of brotherly love occasionally. After episode one. Yeah. Episode one's appalling. Like that, don't get me wrong, I love that opening scene in Watanabe Casino. Mm. Like It's such a nice nod to the original guy, but the chemistry is awful. It, yeah. like that that it, the dialogue is just so stilted. I think it's mostly because Jet Black is like the sole thing I liked in the uh western adaptation. And look, Mustafa Shakir is fantastic. Like uh, he he is carrying this whole performance. He's, he's back, man. Hands down. Yeah. yeah. And John Cho like at the in the first two episodes I struggled to see him as Spike. But as the show rolled on, it, it felt like he really just kind of slipped into the groove and he'd found it and he stuck with it and that made it more believable. Hmm. Um, Faye, Daniela Panada, I like her as an actress. I don't think she's Faye, though. There's just something missing. Like, she's not not Faye. It's a very different take on Faye. But there's something missing with the way her character is interacting with them. Yeah. Like, like I'm, not, I'm not expecting immediate brotherly chemistry, but I'm expecting some chemistry. Yeah, like, like everyone's already seen the the memes, of course, of how they compare sort of like the dialogue between the three to uh, Seinfeld. Yeah, which you've done the rounds it's a lot. Terrifyingly, I've seen that. Oh, I'll show it's, you later. You, you sent it to the chat. I just refused to open it. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But I mean, like, if you, once again, we're still playing comparison here. So let's let's wind it back and go back to it as an original production. Okay, so like we need to consider it without considering the anime. Just yeah. consider it by itself as a production. And I'll let you take the, the ball on okay. this. Well, I actually spoke to my colleague about this mm -hmm. because he hadn't seen the anime before and he dove straight into the live action. Oh, mm -hmm. great. So that's actually an interesting that's perspective. That's the exact perspective we want. Yeah. And so I was like, what did you think of it? He's like, I loved it. It was very good. The ending was a bit weird though. And I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, but like without spoiling it, like, you can understand it if you understand the mental health side of things. Well, even then. Like, like I, I, I get it, but it we, seems We've like, had a long discussion about it's, this. It's, in, in my opinion, it felt like a cop-out. Yeah, but like at the same time, they want to set up for a season two and sort of keep a theme running. Like, I feel yeah. like that's the entire basis for the ending is them saying, okay, how do we set this up for a season two? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, obviously, like, Netflix always that. wants to set up for a season yeah, two. Yeah. They don't want to completely close the door. Money. Um. So, but, I mean, th there was a way they could do that without doing what they did. Yeah. And I think more than anything, that's what made it so jarring. And uh, similarly, uh, on the flip side of things here, Emma's not seen Cowboy Bebop, the original. Oh. oh and okay. she walked out. Wow. She, okay. after, th after the third episode, she was done. Man, it really wow. holds true. It's 50% both yeah. ways. Um, so, like, 
he was like, yeah, the, the, the live action was really good. I'm actually going to go watch the anime now. And I was like, cool, let me know what you think of the anime. And then, you know, he didn't. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like, He lied! It's a good way to get people to go back and watch it. Like, mm-hmm. he he did say he watched, like, the first two episodes and he's, he could see the huge difference in, like, the time periods yeah. it was made in. Like, it's different nostalgia for different people. And see, I, I don't begrudge them modernising it at all. No, the modernisation was great. And I also don't think, like, if this had... If we aren't comparing it to the original series, they wouldn't have given um, Vicious a wig for starters. <sighs> Vicious and Julia—they are what take off like so many points of my out of ten score for me, because they are in every episode. Fr- from a modern serialization perspective, you want something that connects each and every episode. Yeah. And fundamentally, the idea of using Vicious and Julia to do that is not bad. No. The problem is the implementation. Well, like with with. Uh, Vicious and Julia, you do see a progress, like a very mm-hmm. linear progression, whereas Spike and Jet sort of just do the same thing, different day. Yeah. So it gets, like, at least with Vicious and Julia, you do see progression being made. I mean, I mm-hmm. think there's something to that, considering it's just two blokes on the job. Yeah. They're bounty hunters. They are hunting criminals across but the galaxy they, that the police they can't They don't get. hunt a lot of bounties, though. Yeah. Uh, uh, in yeah. the anime, we've, uh, well, we are forced to, of course, make comparisons. Um, In the anime... Each episode is a new bounty. It's a new mm. world. It is kind of almost a different style, a different story. It's yeah. just these sort of characters walking in on these stories. Yeah. In the uh, show, the bounty hunting is like a minor subplot, which takes a backseat to every one of the subplots, like yeah. uh, Jet and his uh, family drama, Spike and yeah. versus Vicious, and like, stuff like that. Uh, I was chatting with Emma about this a lot, and... Her big point, which annoyed her, was like the moment they use a female character as a way to control a male character or other way around, the character loses their immediacy. They lose mm. their power and they lo- lose the position of the listener or viewer. Yeah. Because it takes away their um, autonomy. Agency. They, well, their autonomy. They can't do things without taking that into regard. Having Jed have a family compared to the original actually, like, when you think about it, it's not a bad idea because yeah. he has always been that sort of big teddy bear dad sort of character. Yeah, yeah he's the big sort of like he's the mature one uh, of the group. He's the but, big brother. But I feel it by I feel that having his daughter as a leverage point in the final arc ruined the final arc because it felt like that. For context, the in the original anime, the final arc is just about Spike, yeah. not about anyone else. Because of the way they've done the series, they had to bring everyone into the final arc. Mm. And that made it feel, uh, to me, a lot less impactful. Because it wasn't one man's tale, it was the Bebop team's tale. And it would have been totally fine. Like, For starters, by doing it, they've generated drama between all three of the main cast. Which wasn't necessary to start with. And it always felt sort of... Artificial drama. Yeah. Like uh, having uh, Spike sort of lash out because of this, the whole uh, secret that he's keeping from the rest of the group. And the thing is, is like when you look at the anime or other similar series, they don't really do that. No. Like it, it, it's, it's my problem and I'm going to sort it. And by bringing Jet's kid into it, it makes it Jet's problem when they wouldn't have even known. Yeah, but it also kind of raises the stakes and it does set up that last bit kind of mm. well because otherwise it would have... Like, how would you have gotten Spike there? From where they were, how his, would you have gotten Spike His colossal hatred have of Have they get kidnapped? S- sort of like, that's that's the original. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I... But but I, the, I I understand I definitely agree. Like, I understand show, from like a it, it just it felt too generic. That's fair. it's like it's been done so many times before, and because we're always comparing it to the original, we're looking for a high standard, a smartly written you know program, and it does fall short in quite a few of those areas. I still did enjoy it, and in particular episode eight when they brought Mad Perot in. Like oh, I yeah. will hand I'll defend this. I'd say that fight's better than the original. Yeah, hands down. Just because of how menacing he is and because he's given a reasonable backstory. He's not just some nut job. It's all connected. And it plays a really good, like, here's the amazing stepping stone to put them into the last arc. Mm. Well, that's what I really enjoyed about the live action was they fleshed out the the Mm. bounties, the villains, a lot more. Because you had that entire hour to work with it instead of half an hour. You could see more interactions and see the threat. Mm-hmm. And then, like, follow that all the way through. Yeah, the, the, I think the big issue is is that you know we always say that if you're going to adapt something or reboot it, it has to step out from the shadow of the original. Yeah. And the issue is is that by keeping some of these characters still in it after the end, it's going to forever have that hanging over its head until they're gone. And that that I think might kill the second season. Yeah, pretty much. Like, it it might still be fun but it's not going to get rated well because of the same issues. I don't think it'll get rated as badly as, what was that uh, superhero Netflix one, Mercury Rising or whatever it oh, was? Oh, yeah. That, that was, was a thing? Yeah, I, that was... Ru- th- that crashed I and I thought burned. that was a joke. No, um, that was legitimately... <laughs> like, <laughs> Cowboy, B- Cowboy B-Boy will do so much better than that. Like, it will. I, I think, Cowboy like... Cowboy Flicks Boy. This, I think Bebop will age better well, also, in the long term as well. Like, I think people... It's still, for a mainstream, non-anime audience, they will find it a six, yeah, I think. Well, if they haven't got it, the anime to compare to, like that's, I think that's a key thing. Well, it's also a good way to bridge someone into the anime, like with my co-worker. Um, and because it's actually one of the top viewed things on Netflix at the mm-hmm. moment... I think because of those ratings, whether they be positive or negative, mm. it will get a second season because it's getting the views in. This is true. And also, you, like, you tend to find as well, like a Rotten Tomatoes score isn't really factual until about 12 months after. <laughs> well, also, there's no accounting for taste. No, there's so. no accounting for taste. Like, I, I have to say, like, from a visual perspective, and despite what all of the uh, critics seem to think, the soul of the show remains intact. Oh, yeah. It's still there. It's still got the fun vibe. It's still got the right character dynamics and the feel of you being on the Bebop is right. I oh, yeah. Like, I was um, just about to say that. Like, you feel yeah. like the B-Boy is a real ship and you're there. Yeah. There was something I was very critical at the start, which I had to think over and sort of... Mm. I came to an okay conclusion. See, at the start, when I was watching, I was sort of... Wow, the colours of this are really drowned out compared to the original. And then I had to remind myself, the original comes from the late stages of cell animation yes. where everything was very colourful because mechanically it had to be. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that was unfair on my behalf. Like, I, I, mean, I think that they were trying to play on that sort of like pulp style of film. Of course. So of yeah. course it's going to be a little bit washed out. Um, and then when you go to like your grungy cities, then yeah, it's going to like, you, you want the neon to pop, which it does, but it is still a little bit 
I guess, I mean, this is also an, this could also be an issue with the compression. Like with YouTube videos, when you upload it, it actually, com when I, the algorithm it uses, it compresses it and it actually looks darker than it is. So you, whenever I have to do a YouTube video, I actually have the, the brightness level higher than it needs to be because mm. when it goes on a YouTube, it then darkens it naturally. Okay. And depending on the streaming system you're using, that can occur for film as well. Technical advice with Kyle. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's just a, it's just a thing. Um, so it, it could be that you know they filmed it correctly, and if there was a Blu-ray release, it'd be nice and bright. But I think as well, like the vibe shouldn't be too bright considering it's bounty hunting. Yeah, like it's, it's a very sort of western grungy, grungy yeah. sort of vibe. It suits that. But I, I, I mean, did uh, like that what, they kept it each it, episode. Uh, Star Wars Mandalorian handled that quite well. Yes, but I haven't watched it, so as we've discussed at length. Honestly, it's like one of the good things that Disney Star Wars has done. Oh, fair enough. One um, of the grievances I did have with Cowboy B-Boy was towards episode 8, I noticed that the quality, like the image quality really dropped. What? And I forcibly, oh. like, I went into, I had to find out how to go to the Netflix settings and yeah. up and even then it still wasn't that great. What the hell? See, I didn't have any problem with it. Oh, okay. um, and I've got a, I ripped some of the files to see if it was any difference and all looks the same. Um, mm. Because um, I was having issues with audio so for oh. anyone listening uh who's got a soundbar if you're going to watch it make sure the soundbar doesn't have 3d surround on <laughs> because the audio goes all over the shop i'm talking like more the technical advice for kyle <laughs> the opening sequence is 20 decibels lower in 3d audio what the hell yeah um 3d yeah. surround so once oh. i turned that off it was fine speaking of audio how can we really even talk about cowboy bebop at all without mentioning the music the music and the i music. am i am still devastated that they did not include jupiter jazz to this day, my favourite song from the entire soundtrack. I have problems with how they did the soundtrack, mm. just in general. First of all, kind of a few of the songs were out of place. Like, I, yeah. that's the whole comparing it to the original thing yeah. is that everything had its own sort of theme. I also think but the music wasn't loud enough. It's it's that ev the music was less music and more soundtrack. It was what yeah. everyone was yeah. talking over. Like, and I think, comparing to the original again... Um, the original anime spent time with silence. It allowed yeah. the music to be its own character, to say its own thing. Like, you know, you'd see them mm. flying over landscape. You'd hear that beautiful song. Like, I mean, the, the first episode, right, when they've got the, um, both in the anime and the live action, it's the Red Eye special episode. Yeah, yeah. And the difference between the anime to live action is that the anime, they fly around a fair bit on the planet before going up to space. Yeah. And they let the soundtrack carry that, the melancholy of it, the, you know, the sadness of the situation, which is beautifully composed in the music. The live action didn't even do it. It just jumped straight to they the really end. They really didn't do much with the ships. They didn't. I mean, Jet doesn't even have his ship. I know, he's got a three-wheeled bicycle. Like, <laughs> Not bike, The ending but... of the first episode, if you compare the anime to the Live yeah. action. They're pretty different. So I feel like if they had have tried to do like the whole build up thing, it wouldn't have paid off as well. Mm. Because that's in the anime, it's where the girl realizes that the guy is beyond redemption and mm -hmm. he's going to kill them both. Whereas in the live action, it's pretty different from that. Well, the, the thing is with the live action, they then had a back and forth in space. Yeah. Um, whereas they did that during the flight in the anime. Um, so it's, it's, they had about the same amount of time. Um, 
and I think like the, using the music and silence as a feature is something that you you and I have discussed this a lot, Kenny. It's a lost art. It's a People relic do not do of it. old school cinema. Like it's just we've got to you know put massive amounts of noise in this, and you will find in indie films that they will embrace silence. But if it's a big production, there's got to be something to keep people attra- interested the entire way through. Whether that's explosions or sound effects or backing silence tracks, is an instrument that so few people know how to play anymore. I, there's it's no, a lost. I, art. I really think there's nothing more powerful than having complete silence on a set and then just the footsteps echoing as they're going in like that's pretty it, powerful it's incredibly powerful and the same thing when like um they're, they're in space right why is there a soundtrack when they're outside and then they do they do do elements of that but the problem was all it was is they just muted one of the cabins there's still other noise going along like Sirens don't make a sound in space. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's I I see what they were trying to do, but at the same time, yeah. Yeah. Like it's they did a really good job of recreating the scene. And I've got to be honest, like the guy that they had playing like the red eye junkie and seller yeah, yeah. was so well cast. Oh yeah. Like, he, he looks mwah. like <laughs> he looks like Antonio Banderas's younger bro. Yeah, or the It um, looks like it was like it was trying to ape like once upon a time in Mexico, which mm-hmm. I believe the original was trying to do. It was embracing the whole Western cinema thing. It was every single episode was its own individual Quentin Tarantino movie, mm-hmm. and, and it, it worked really well. Yeah, I will say that a lot of the casting they did quite well, except Vicious, uh, uh, and Julia. Yeah, and, and let, let's talk about the the end, the elephant in the room, Ed. When did the elephant get here? So <laughs> you've probably seen, if you're a Bebop fan, you've probably seen the pretty uncomfortable scene with Ed from the end of the film, uh, the series. And i got to be honest, like I don't think that's on the actor. That's literally trying to translate something from anime into real life and it doesn't that's work. That's the thing. Ed is like fundamentally an animated character. Yeah, very much so. I don't think you were ever going to have success bringing well, it to live action. No, I think you could, but they just had to dial that down. Well, especially with the tone of the rest of the show. Yeah. Like, mm. I'll agree with you guys hands down on this one. I, I, like, I understand where they were going with it mm-hmm. and how... I, I can see how they've interpreted it that way, but at the same time, it's like, okay, but you've got to consider the rest of the theming yeah. of the show... Like, it doesn't matter if Ed is, you know, transgender, autistic, on the spectrum, or anything like that. What matters is how well that character fits in in the environment they're in. And sure... The whole idea of Ed's character is that they are supposed to be just an entity of the internet. Mm-hmm. They don't care how they are perceived or how they yeah. come across. Even the concept of gender is an odd thing. Ed chose yeah. her own name. Yeah. Like, it's a... I had it recorded in my notes, but it's like a long and fascinating, interesting name. It is, name. it is. And even, you know, their father was like, oh. It's you, boy, my son. Or are you a girl? Daughter. I like, forget. You know, like, it's... <laughs> it, it's, it's Unimportant. Meant, well, it, it's just like with Comey Can't Communicate. It's not important um, what one of the characters' gender is. They are an entity in and of themselves. Yeah, and they that are the everyone's same. childhood best yeah. friend. <laughs> and that, that's the same with Ed. Ed is the super hacker. Doesn't matter who you get to play them. Doesn't matter what gender and they are. And in the anime, that was sort of their point was that they were supposed to be that character who brings levity to the situation because everyone else was more straightforward and serious and like mm-hmm. soulful and cold. And without Ed, Iron has no purpose. Mm. 
like as we we've, we discussed this beforehand, but like yeah, Iron first, was incredibly underutilized. When they first got Iron on the ship, he was sort of just the ship's dog. Yeah, but then Ed being emergency Ed, food. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excel saga. No. <laughs> Um, but yeah, look, I mean, I know it sounds like we're bashing it a lot, and that's because we wanted this to be good. We wanted this to be like the stepping stone to say, "Wow, we figured out Western live action." I mean, we we were going to have high stance on this. <laughs> I mean, I written. feel like we're the dads on this. We're mean because we expected better. Yeah, like, we we wanted it to like with the amount of lip service they were paying to talking about it, about you know how much they cared for the original. They got. They did everything else right. They got the original, you know, creator on board. They got the original music composer on board. They made sure to, you know, do a lot of things right. But there were some very glaring errors, which we've mentioned on the podcast before it came out. Like, the fight choreography is awful in some places. I actually did analyze this with my coworker, and the thing we boiled it down to was... Back in the day, like, because we're comparing this to, like, the fluid fight scenes that yeah. Jackie Chan used to have in his movies. Oh, yeah, but that's a bit well, different. Well, that's the thing. Spike Spiegel's entire martial arts process is based off the same as, uh, what is it, Bruce Lee's? Yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be this sort of fluid, flowing movement, and but the Spike in the show that, is so wooden. The problem with that is the reason why it's so choppy and so, like, they keep changing scenes and all of that is because if you screw up one small motion mm-hmm. in that entire fight scene, you have to film it all over again. Yeah, and th- this is, like, I don't have a problem with them sh- uh, swapping scenes. My issue is that they didn't do it enough, um, especially for Faye, for Daniela Panada. Clearly, she was struggling with some of the choreography she had to do, and she did her best, but they can- I think you can resolve a, this. I think she's a newbie to the world of, like, stunts, so... Yeah, but you, you, know, you can fix really that in editing. Yeah, you, What you do is you film it from two different angles, and then you chop between them. Like um, I, I keep, I've mentioned it a few times to you guys, but um, Hot Fuzz take the utter Mickey out of Supercuts, where yes. they have the guy reloading and do it from fourteen angles in a matter of a second. <laughs> it's great, and that's the sort of thing that because this is pulpy and silly in some places, you can get away with. I you think- don't need to do fourteen. You just do like when she pulls out the knife then cut to a different shot of her already moving and then cut it again to the third shot over the shoulder of someone as she approaches. It will make it more fluid even if it wasn't. I think they really should have like gone with like doing that whole hot fuzz and sort of like the sort of Tarantino mm-hmm. quick zooms kind of cuts. They should have <laughs> really leaned into that considering how much the show itself is based off all that kind of old cinema. They I mean, really can you imagine if we managed to get Tarantino to direct this? Oh, to, to, to direct an episode of just it. Just an episode. Been... It would have been phenomenal. Mm. And, I mean, like, now, straight up, I'm not saying don't watch it. If you're an anime fan, you are going to have grievances. If you are not an anime fan, it uh, mileage will vary. It's probably the best live action we've seen so far as far as a, a, a serial goes. Mm. I think we can argue back and forth for days on that one, yeah. but, but uh, I will well, say the, well, it's, the it's best, up there. The best Western live-action adaptation other than Ghost in the Shell. Mm. And even mm. then with Ghost in the Shell, I have gripes because all they did was copy what was in the original film. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So, like, if, if you're just going to copy, the atmosphere, why bother? They got the atmosphere right for that <laughs> movie, but, yeah, there are aspects which I do not like. Well, if, I feel like if we support this, the, the the industry could go onwards and upwards. Well, as long as they realise that putting a guy who has a like no offence, like it feels like we're hating on Alex Hassel a lot here, but Alex Hassel has very 
broad, strong features. And as someone who has quite strong features and has had long hair in the past, you can't do it. And he was just not it, playing the character. It just doesn't work. We're going to Alex hassle him over this. Yeah, we are. Like, and i got to say this for <laughs> Daniela. Like, we can argue for days about whether she was portraying the character of Faye or not. I would say that she would be amazing as yeah. Revy in Black Lagoon. She would be a phenomenal Revy from Black Lagoon. Frankly, like of all the things not getting a live action, Black Lagoon is the closest to a more grounded reality with like so much action potential. Yeah. Just pirates. How in the hell? How in the hell is that not getting a live action? But. The Cartoonia's Balls One Piece is. Oh my god, I'm not looking forward to that. Okay, I kind of am just because I know it's going to be terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I have, like, we've discussed this. I've not watched One Piece and I'm not, I don't have the time to commit to that much. I've got mates who watch the hells out of it and they have filled me in on plenty of it. Mm -hmm. It's just that, oh, without it being like a full blown, just terrible CG fest. Yeah. There's no way of I'm imagining doing it. like 90s um, Fantastic Four for Mr. Stretch. Yes. Oh, no. See, I was thinking of, you know how like on YouTube those people do the cheap trick to make the camera look like like, like the arm is stretching? Yeah. Like how they like stretch their arm out and then they cut it and then they stretch it out again and cut it again. <laughs> I, I just want to see that. Like it very like wonkily moving along. <laughs> terrible, terrible cuts. <laughs> that's that's awful and I love it. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, there are yeah. anime which I feel like Maybe that can be an entire subject for a Wi-Fi extra. We pitch animes anime pitch that meeting. would do best As with live-action live treatment. Didn't we already do that? We suggested it, but we didn't get around to it, ah. I don't think. I think we should do a video on it. We can do like a video podcast that's a 15-minute special. And costumes. I'm, I don't have costumes. I, I was just saying, I don't, I, the only costume I've got is Ray, and, you know, I saw the pictures from Hoshi After Dark and I didn't look great. Everybody <laughs> loves Ray. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, um, you are the cosplayer expert among no, us. No, that's Kiralee. That's Kiralee. That's oh, yeah. Kiralee. I lost that title. The cosplay queen. <laughs> I um, only held it for a little bit between Loz and Kiralee. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I mean, I can't help but be disappointed, but I'm also not 100% mad with what we got. If you cut out the vicious subplot completely, it's not bad. Mm, but if you made the vicious subplot like its own series, <laughs> isn't that just uh, what's it called? Peaky that's... Blinders. <laughs> like I feel like it's just like watching Game of Thrones. That's the Daenerys bit. I just, I just <laughs> don't like not... them. <laughs> I love the disgust that's dripping from your voice. You hated Game of Thrones so much. I liked it to start with, but I had so much trouble with how it was handled yeah yeah. i'm look i'm purist when it comes to literature sue me and that's fair enough okay (laughs) (laughs) no no you swore you have to edit that now (laughs) sorry there are certain things that are supposed to be less show and don't tell well i mean that that's the thing as well like if they had have had the stuff the syndicate was doing in the background uh you know kind of on the news channel during it. Hinted at. Hinted yes. at. I yes. think that might have worked a little bit different. But like, we were talking about you and noticing fine details earlier today. and Yeah, but that's, that's I think, a little bit different. Like, that 
was a very fine detail in Squid Game to pick up on. Whereas if they had have had just before Big Shot came on the TV, a news report about a massacre that's been involved with a syndicate and then Big Shot comes on, hmm. you you literally, you've heard it. You cannot miss that. I mean, that's this is true. probably going to be showing my nerdiness a bit, but uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Loved it. Yeah, it's a fun show. I liked it as well. But in the early series, when like <laughs> everything is just sort of just being discovered... They mention this group called the Dominion and how spooky they are. Mm-hmm. They start to mention them more and more. Like it's mentioned a couple of times an episode, and then you actually meet them, and you're like, "Oh hell's, these guys are a big deal." Yeah, and here's the thing as well: they transitioned from uh, over the course of Deep Space Nine season, sorry series, from being a serialized traditional Star Trek one episode, one story done, it's independent, to being a serialized show. Mm. Like and that's hard to do for starters. And look, I, I I will happily say this as someone who loves my Star Trek. The first season of every Trek is rubbish. Oh, yeah, every, every I mean, single one of them has problems. They're sort of testing a new idea and sort of finding their feet with it. So it's forgivable. Yeah, in a lot of and, cases. I mean, but that's the thing. Like a lot of what we've seen with Cowboy Bebop are season one problems. Mm, the problem is, is that they've dragged them into season two. Potentially. Yeah, potentially. So, but yeah, that's the whole thing about handling the syndicate and uh, Viscous and Julia, <laughs> is that it should have been Drulia. more... I'm just going <laughs> Viscuit, as in a biscuit. <laughs> yeah, Viscous and Julia. Viscous and Julia. <laughs> oh. It's like a it's like a dog slobber. Like yeah. everything you, about this, you don't. Ca- you don't. <laughs> Sorry. You, no, but that's the thing. You don't care about them, and that's the problem. That's the biggest issue. They, it's nothing yeah. to endear them to the viewer. If it was, so. given like the subtle treatment that the, a villain like that deserved... I would have been much happier with it. I would have had a lot more points. I'd probably be closer to where you are with your mm. rating. But a good villain is essential is. for plots like this. It really is. And this failed for me. I'm all sorry. Right. Well, um, I, even after this lengthy discussion, and we've been talking about this all week, we're still in the same spots where I'm 50-50, Aaron, you're in favour, and yep. Kenny's against. And that's fine. Like that, this is... Each to their own. I was going to say, if we all agreed on everything on this podcast, damn, it would be boring. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but because of that, let's talk... I think, ab- I think we just said that at the same time, which kind of undermines... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, let's go talk about some anime news. On Anime Communicate. Great story. Compelling and rich. Nothing brings ratings up like a little controversy. Hello, muchachos. <laughs> All you cowboys from across the galaxy. It's time for your favorite Anime Communicate news. Big shots. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be lying if I said there's a lot. Yeah, it's been pretty quiet considering it's the holiday season yeah yeah true holiday season everyone's kind of winding down for the year so let's talk about the obvious one that needs to be talked about uh one piece hit a thousand episodes um and they still haven't found the one piece and that's all you need to know um okay but to be fair they release (laughs) an awesome re-release of the original opening but done with like the the modern characters yeah but they still haven't found the one piece (laughs) you spent two seasons for one fight like go away they found the two (laughs) years for one two years for one fight they found the two pieces (laughs) so look um if you are a one piece fan i'm sure you enjoyed the big celebrations uh crunchyroll servers almost crashed which is hilarious (laughs) yeah um and uh they had other issues with uh websites related 
related to it as well. I mean, that honestly speaks to the sheer strength of the fan mm. base if you can crash the streaming service. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying One Piece is bad. I'm just saying it's not my cup of tea and I don't have the time for a thousand episodes and the filler. And so, the movies. And, and the movies. The, uh, it's like yeah. people telling me about The Walking Dead and stuff saying, oh, you should so watch it. Yeah, no. how many seasons is it now? Like seven? No, I... No, I've got just, so much other stuff I've got on my so plate. much other stuff to watch. Yeah. We've so, got a podcast to do, man. We don't have time for this. So if you don't have time, the next show we're talking about, which has just had its fourth season announced, is perfect because it's a short form anime and runs for about three minutes. Yay. It's called Yatagame-chan. Wow. I, Yatagame-chan's <laughs> Observation Diary. I'm just sitting there going, I've got the Japanese in front of me and I can't remember the English version. <laughs> so Yatagame-chan's uh, Observation Diary. It's based on a four-coma manga. Um, and it is literally about a cast of characters living in the Kansai region, and each of them represents a district of that region. Now, we've spoken on this on the podcast ages ago. Yes. I, rec- I remember you had a really big thing for this, anime. I love it. And I've watched season one, two, and three, even though it's short form, and I can basically pump through it in about an hour. Like, it's, it's, good. it's great. Um, but I have learned so much about the Kansai region because of it. <laughs> it is fantastic. Um, and Japan doing us an educator once the, the, again. Well, not only that, in the, um, in the third season, they started bringing people in from the surrounding seasons, such as um, Hyoga and so on. So you've now got a girl whose sort of motif is a cow, and she's all about Kobe beef <laughs> because she's from Kobe <laughs> and stuff like that. Which is fair enough. So is th- this like a smaller scale, scale Hitalia? I guess so. <laughs> Except it's set in a school. So yeah, they're a, they're a photography club, and then they go out to events, and they bump into all these random people, and they all have things on them that represent you know, where they're from. So, like, the main girl is all about Nagoya, and that's what the main series focuses on. Um, so the Nagoyan dialect, um, the sub-regions within it, but all the other people are other regions around it in the Kansai region. Kansai? I'm pretty sure it's like you, you got the... That sounds right. I'm pretty sure it's the Kansai region. I Nagoya could be, is also fun to say, Nagoya. It is, and it's <laughs> also... the Yeah, no, it is the Kansai region because they make fun of her for saying Nyan, um, when they're saying things because the people in Nagoya are sometimes, you know, made to look like cats because they say nyan because of their dialect. Nyani? Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so everyone goes, oh, you make a cat sound, so you're a cat person sort of thing. Um, so, yeah. It's just adorable. This started in 2019, um, second season in 2020, third season last year, and fourth season this year. I can't believe it. It's so good. Damn. Um, so they've, they've really run for it, um, which is, you know, it's fantastic to see. Um, but the manga's, you know, it's only small. And uh, funnily enough, it inspired a stage play that was supposed to run in... Nagoya. <laughs> um, unfortunately, COVID. Um, I feel so like that would be delayed. really weird. Like, imagine that you get like a stage play talking about Perth. You know what? I'd probably go to that. Actually, now that I've now that I've said that, kind of yeah, yeah. I... We should do that. We know a lot of actors and directors. Maybe we can write it and just give it to them. It's... I would not. I feel like I'd get bottled. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, but yeah, look, it's uh, I can highly recommend checking this out if you want to learn a little bit out of Japan and also have a lot of fun. Mostly it's food, which, you know, Ooh. straight away is just like, I'm like, yep, I'm in for that. Um, right, let's jump over to the streaming services. High Dive has added all of Lupin the Third. See part one, two, five, and the woman called Fujiko Mine as what well. About three and four. One, two, three, four, five, oh, and they're currently one, streaming two, five. One, one two, two five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they are streaming part six at the moment. I know you did that on purpose. <laughs> um, oh, what's talking so about? the entire television anime series now. Um, season three, just so um, for non-Lupin fans, uh, be aware it is long. It is 150 episodes. Um, so That's a long, it's long a man. lot. 
is a long, long man. Um, but uh, yeah, that you can now watch all of it. I'd recommend starting with season four, five, and six. There, in my well, I haven't actually watched season six properly yet because I'm waiting to finish season five. Okay, so you do it like Star Wars four, five, six, one, two, three. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, that's that's perfect. Yeah. Because there's no uh, seven, eight, or nine, and that's a good thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, no, it's it's just more that um, series four, five, and six. They've really taken on uh, just the same thing with Cowboy Bebop, the modern serialization, where it's a story that connects all the episodes. Before that, they're individual episodes. There's no real arc. It's just kind of a bit more gaggy. Whereas with this, it's a lot more. It's still got the comedy elements, but it's got a more of a, a serious and compelling story that you want to find out. Hmm. Um, so, like with the current one, they for each um, core of it, so that each 12 episodes, they've set a theme. The first one is mystery and the second one is woman. Um, and it's just a key word that they use to describe how the episodes are going to correlate. So the first season's all about Sherlock Holmes and Watson, who's been murdered. Oh. like It's like, okay, wow, mystery. Yeah, I need to know this because they go, Lupin killed him. It's like, Lupin doesn't kill people. So, you know... Like Spider-Man. The question is, is part two, because from the picture that they released um, for the the woman eye catch, if you will, looks like all the different versions of Fujiko over the years. Trippy. Huh. So I want to know if it's going to be all of, you know, the, the women that uh, Lupin has known. Is it going to be just focused on him and Fujiko's relationship? Lupin versus his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it That's a horrifying um, I mean, That's he got like... married in season four, so, you know... That's a weird Scott Pilgrim. It is, isn't it? <laughs> but look, I mean, I, I think it could be pretty cool. And um, I, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited for this season. Like, that's why I, I want to finish season five first, the French Adventure, before this, because um, this is all set in the UK, apparently. Okay. Well, not all of it. Lupin doesn't stay in a country. He goes everywhere. They went to Russia in the part of the France one, so like, huh. go for it. Um, so that's, uh, that's uh, as of now, all of them are available online. Um, if you are watching Netflix um, for your anime and you're watching the uh, art drama Blue Period, um, that's going to be delayed by a week due to unforeseen production delays. And uh, that's not surprising me because Netflix is having awful delays on everything at the moment and Don't going die. going back on a lot of promises too. That's um, just Netflix in general. I think I'm there's really actually disappointed a, with them. There's a t- become a term like stuff gets locked in Netflix jail. Oh yeah. Well, it's I mean just... that, that's more to do with that Netflix have the rights to it but don't want to put it on their platform. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Um but yeah. And um the final thing to talk about is Attack on Titan. Now, guess what? Dinosaurs. Part 2 of the final season is coming out January but it's also not the final. What? It's There's a film coming three. as well. <laughs> it's part two or three. So they're going to put take the last five to six episodes and turn that into a film. So you remember how earlier this year they were like, hey, yeah, it's the final season. And everyone was like, oh, wow, it's the final season. And guess what? They're doing it again. <laughs> it's like a farewell <laughs> concert. It's like, yeah, it's just John. <laughs> John's farewell concert, the world tour. I'm going Except into with ret- more titans. <laughs> I'm going into retirement after this. <laughs> I need more money. I'm going to retirement after this. So, yeah, look, this isn't... Uh, well, it's just Miyazaki. I don't want to retire. Well, that, that's another thing for listeners. Um, if you saw all those articles going around by Vulture and so on, hello, Aaron. Um, <laughs> he touched my hand. It was very erotic. Um, if you've seen all the articles going around on Vulture and everywhere else saying, oh my God, my face when Miyazaki comes out of retirement to do one more film. No, 
He's been out of retirement since 2016. That's a lie. The film's already 50% done. We've been getting regular updates on it. It's such lazy journalism. It really grinds my gears. <laughs> it just seems like if one person reports it, everyone is just like, quick, we got to catch up. That's literally it. And th- this is the problem with like modern journalism. People are more interested in quoting other, other people as sources instead of checking the source themselves. It would have taken five minutes to just pull up Anime News Network or uh, Studio Ghibli's um, news archive to find that out. It's a big old pile of marinara. It is. Um, but yes, now, um, that's the news. It's almost Padoru season. I'm, I'm grumpy. Padoru, Padoru. <laughs> Padoru. 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Padoru, <laughs> Padoru. Moving right along, let's get back in and talk about the original Cowboy Bebop briefly. Kawaii Radio. I watched that as a kid. Oh yeah, I remember that. Back catalogue. Bleep bloop cow man. <laughs> no. Cowbot B boy. Now I've just Cows looked at, go move. I've man. just saw the time, so we will have to kind of Flex run through seal. this because I've got to go to work in twenty minutes. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Cowbot Cow- B boy, the abridged series. Uh, Cowbot. Dad, you making me say it now? <laughs> Cowboy Bebop came out in 1998. It was created by Sunrise, an original anime. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. It's 26 episodes and a movie. A movie is non-canonical and can literally go anywhere you like in the series. Fun thing about uh, it being a um, product of Sunrise, the people who uh, did this did, made the series would then leave Sunrise and make up their own company. Uh, you might know them called Bones. Oh. Uh. So, I thought you were going to say Madhouse. No, but, no, no, but actually, so, no. Madhouse is Gynax, I think. That's right. Yes. Ah, the bouncy ones. Oh no, no. The trigger was Gynax. Trigger Sorry. was Gynax. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. That you're right. They did. And so it's like you know, um, Bones are also responsible for My Hero Academia and a bunch of other like mm. big production value things that you have definitely seen. So, you know, this is the pedigree that all of your favorites came from. Is Cowboy Bebop. But I mean, that being said, like Sunrise basically just kind of went, we're going to do Idols and Gundam pretty much. And here's the other thing. So Cowboy Bebop started because someone's like, someone at Bandai is like, all right, we want to sell model spaceships. <laughs> Watanabe, get in here. Here, you are like this big name director of anime. What are you going to do? Like, what, what kind of ships are you going to make us to sell toys? Jazz in space. Okay, but that makes sense for Spike's ship because that is perfect. It's dope. Oh, Spike's ship has been my phone's uh, background screen. I didn't realize that till today. <laughs> like, I looked at it and I went, oh, oh yeah, it is. Yeah, I've, I've had this background for like two different phones now. Mm. I love that image. Okay, but they did it perfectly in the live action. They, they did you do a really good job in live action. I will say that about the live action, despite the fact that Jet's ship is missing, presumed dead. This mo- The show did make me want to go out and just buy the model ships. Actually, it did make me want to, like, I was really glad when Faye got her ship. Yeah. Because then I was like, I want the model I now. I love Faye's <laughs> ship. Faye's ship's great. Um, but look, um, Cowboy Bebop is, um, as we mentioned earlier, it's episodic. Mm. Um, it doesn't really have an overarching theme tying it together, other than the loose theme that Spike has to deal with some past. It's not just Spike, though. It's everyone yeah. is sort of tied to their past and trying to run from it. Their whole... Mm. The, I would actually say that the theme of it is, like, identity in loneliness. Like, yeah, who are you after the worst has happened to you? Well, I feel like it's if you like your space westerns, like Firefly mm. and stuff like that, just go pick it up immediately. This it's is, on Netflix. Go now. This stop is listening. your thing. <laughs> no, 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 stop listening. Let us tell you some good things to watch out for. So uh, there's the music. 
which is, as we mentioned, used quite heavily, and you can get the soundtrack on Spotify as well. Um, fun, fun fact, um, and uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit in the grey areas here, but back in the day when uh, LimeWire was a thing, <laughs> oh wow, yeah, um, I <laughs> this shows our somehow age. managed to get hold of some MP3s that I put on my phone back before we even had. You know, smartphones. This is back when we had flip phones and slide oh, phones. Yeah. The Nokia I, days. I miss my old Motorola ba- flip back phone. In the, back in the Nokia days, I had a. Um, I used to work for a telecom company selling phones and stuff. And this was back when uh, old man days, like 2004. Um, right. Yeah, I was in uni. Uh, well, 2005, first year of uni. But um, guess how I was old still I am? In high school, man. I think you and I yeah. just met around this point, and I yeah. think Cowboy Bebop was like. One of the yeah. first animal animals. We used you to all sit down to. together to watch stuff. It yeah, was great. I miss those days. Um, but um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm old. Sorry, Aaron. Yeah, I'm, I'm having an existential crisis here. Like, I'm it's a baby. Only, it's only four years. Because my partner's in your high age, school so. time. That is eternity, though. Yeah, it, yeah, is. it is. Yeah. It is eternity in that time. Um, but like, it was kind of interesting that um, you know, at that time, people wanted custom ringtones. And yeah. I had the entire Cowboy Bebop soundtrack on my phone because it's got every genre covered. Ah. So I had this really nice businessman come in, buy an insanely expensive phone. And we were like, uh, I think it was like HTC Palm Pilot back in the day. <laughs> before. Well, this is before <laughs> iPhones, before Android, before any of that. Uh, like It was like a $2,000 touchscreen tablet that required a pen. Yeah, the little oh, yeah, I remember the yeah. pen ones. And then it, you know, it slid out and had the full keyboard. Yeah. Um, so I sold him that, and he wanted to get set up in store. And I'm like, do you want a ringtone? He's like, yeah, because I hate the default ones. And I put Jupiter Jazz on his oh. phone. And I also put the Folk Blues on, um, which was the outro for the original Cowboy Book. Um, we ended up deciding to put Folk Blues as it because he just couldn't believe how nice it sounded. And he's like, where's this from? Like, Japan. <laughs> and he's like... It's like it's a show called Cowboy Bebop, and I think he then went and watched it. Um, not not being like great, he's like he actually wrote it down. Oh wow! And I was like, oh okay, then fair enough. Because quite often people will be like, oh yeah, I'll check that out, and then never mention on it again. that day a nerd was born. Oh, I don't know about a nerd, but um, he liked he was uh, big into his music, so I figured you know why not. Um, but yeah, it's kind of funny like thinking back that I accidentally introduced someone to Bebop by just basically having the soundtrack on there to share. Because that's how effective the music is on this show. It mm. like. Like we said before, it is its own character. Like, I mean, it they didn't defines do the setting. They didn't do some in. of the storylines. Like, there's a lot still left in it that they could oh, use. Yeah. Like Heavy Metal Queen. Mm. Like that episode is phenomenal. Or the um, the kid. Oh god. Oh yeah, with the um, harmonica and the, oh, mwah. like there's a there's a lot of beautiful songs in it, and they're used really effectively. And that's I think like if you love your music and you love seeing music used really well in literally any form, you'll enjoy the way they compose it. Like, not just the music composition, but the composition of using audio, visual, silence, and uh, voiceover together to really weave a story. And uh, to me, that's, um, you know, as a musician, that was a thing which pulled me into bebop. Like, I just immediately went, wow, I've not seen this in anything. I just really loved the uh, fight choreography. Oh, yeah. That was, that was... Like uh, the scene with Spike and the mop. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so good. I think that's from, yeah. Uh, just because the whole thing about Spike is that he is just this kung fu 
badass. And so many Action people. for Jesus. I was going to say, so many people have referenced it in like other things. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure Naruto copied like the fight scene. Yes, from there's, um, there's a fight scene which is, uh, I think there's a bunch of them actually, where uh, Naruto is fighting Neji in the first yeah. ever series. And it is taken shot for shot from Cal- a fight from Cowboy I know the Bebop. exact yeah. fight. Yeah, 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 in the middle of the circle with all the Naruto clones. Yeah. 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 It's so good. But I mean, th- this is a series that really cemented my love of anime. Like, I'd seen Neon Genesis and went, Big Robots, that's cool. <laughs> you know, Big Robot got smashed. I saw, I saw Dragon Ball, I saw Sailor Moon, all these other ones. And then I saw Bebop and it just kind of... Well, <laughs> sorry. Then I saw Bubblegum Crisis, and then I saw Bebop. Mm. Ah. And I just went, wow, this is so cool. It's across so many genres. Because it's just also such a different way of telling a story. It's that Mm. status quo kind of doesn't change for the crew. They are bounty hunters, but a lot of the times (laughs) their bounties will get away or the reward just has to go to them just covering food to survive or repairing their ships Mm, and stuff. Like, they don't really They don't really get a win. Yeah, and you can actually see that in a lot of Watanabe's work, like uh, Samurai Champloo yeah. as well. Is that you know they will win, they will end the story, but there's always just sort of like this sad, tragic cost occasionally, mm. or they win but they don't really win. And in this case, the ending is very finite. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like it puts victory in a realistic kind of way because yeah. Not all victories are clean cut, perfect. Like you get everything you wanted out of it. Mm. There are a lot of sacrifices. Exactly. That you have to make. Yes. Mm. And it's it's a good life lesson. Yeah. Because yeah, you're going to be disappointed a lot, kids. Sorry. I mean, it's <laughs> the same with Ash and losing in Pokemon constantly. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> look, he did win in the end, but he was still 14. But 20 years had passed. It's yeah. been 83. There is no. a whole Wi-Fi <laughs> extra on that. Yeah, we, actually, we do need to do a Pokemon episode, and we've got a couple of people we want to bring in on it. Like so. the immortal entity oh. that is Ash Ketchum. He just doesn't yeah. know it. Uh, are you talking about the one I think you're yeah, talking you about? Yeah, you know it's the one I'm talking the about. The Mr. Man. The Mr. Man. Gotcha. The very, very wonderful man. He's got a dry sense of humor. He does. <laughs> He's got a very dry YouTube channel as well. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Um, but look, uh, Cowboy Bebop on Netflix worldwide at the moment, I'm pretty sure. And if not, it'll be on Funimation as well. The anime as well. is as well. So yeah, no, that's watch, what I mean, the anime, yeah. Watch them side to side, back to back. Give them mm-hmm. both a watch. Yeah. And look, if, you, if you're an original anime fan and you're really struggling with the live action, just watch episode eight. That's the only one that matters, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, out of all of them, that's, to me, the most accurate and honourable to the original story. It was a good episode, and they did set it up really well, because they they took that extra time Mm -hmm. to set up the villain more than it was in the anime. Yeah, yeah. So it's really well done. And with that, we're going to uh, finish up. Kawaii Fi Radio. And I've now successfully used up all of my Cowboy Bebop stings. Um, <laughs> I was going to say you had to. good taste in them. Well, thank you. I've tried to, uh, tried to line our stings up with what we're going to be talking about. Now, that's where we are going to leave things for this episode. So thank you so much for listening. Yeah, we've mm-hmm. had a nice rant on uh, mm. live action versus Things classic. got really hot in here. Yeah, but that's because it's summer and this room has no air con. Oh, I thought it was because we were holding hands. What was that too? <laughs> it got hot and steamy. Like, 4chan was very upset. Um, now, we are next time. It's our last normal show show for the year and then it's the anime awards yay and that means the golden kawaifu is again up for grabs and that means i have to start doing this voice again yes it does Uh, as is the best 
Well, I was going to say, as the best um, opening theme and outro themes, and of course, the vaunted Cabbage of Shame. Ooh, who uh, will yeah. win it this season? I, I think that's pretty much already decided. Is it? Yeah, we've had a few good ones where we've just been like, oh, that's yeah. rough. I, th- I think it's going to be an interesting fight for the bottom. <laughs> let's, let's leave just it like, at that. You've just described my love life. PG. <laughs> <laughs> so next episode, it's a focus on the incredible Mari Okada. Now, she's been the screenwriter for many amazing series, such as Anohana, Young Maidens in Your Savage Season, Black Rock Shooter, Lupin the Third, The Woman Called Fujuko Mine, Makwa, A Lull in the Sea, all things that will make you cry. You had some many... I did. I'm a horrible human being. Um, But if you have enjoyed this episode, hit that subscribe button. Join us for future episodes. As mentioned, we do have that YouTube channel, uh, which has got the YouTube edition of this podcast and dedicated videos over there. And if you would like to support the channel, we have a Patreon, which you can subscribe to. We've got extra content such as outtakes and the little bit we do before each episode because we talk a lot of trash. Oh, yeah, especially on each other. Yeah, especially on each other. This time we talked about arriving in the US Customs and how quite shocking it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. terrifying. Kind um, of not a culture that we're shock. in America right now. We are not in America. No, no. We're, we're, we're back in the day. Yeah, um, reminiscing. So, yeah, but we also have outtakes and other bits of videos going on there as well, as well as quarterly live streams, which we will be doing. Uh, we did one already, um, yes. but we couldn't get the stream work, so we just recorded it and put it online, um, looking at all the trailers. And if you would like to join the Wi-Fi community, head over to our social media channels. We've got Breaking Anime News, that is vetted, <laughs> memes and videos. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Discord. You've been listening to Wi-Fi Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Hot and Sweaty. I've been Kyle, and until next time, watch some anime! anime.